Hey everyone, Josh Taylor here from CE Podcast. Hope all is well. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, so today I wanted to get into a little bit about being optimistic. I think it is so important that we are working on those positives, uh, patting ourselves on the back, um, understanding that it's going to be an up and down kind of battle. Uh, you know, uh, you're going to be going uphill and there's going to be slopes and there's going to be ditches and, you know, your, your secret or at least one of the secret weapons is the consistency factor. And whether it's just basic obedience or whether you are dealing with something a little bit more complex, like a behavior problem, um, maybe you're even with a trainer right now and you're working on you know, behavior modification, um, whether it's you know, aggression or reactivity or resource guarding, um, you have to understand that things are all about time and when you're going through this process, you have to think of it like anything else, like working out and going to the gym. You're not going to do this for a week and see, you know, abs, six pack or whatever. Um, at least if, if that's not true and you can, uh, I, I missed that memo. I, I need to figure that out. <laughs> um, so, I mean, the idea here is that you're taking these little mini wins and wins come in different shapes and sizes, but it also comes in, in, in different contexts. Like I, I preach about recovery, my, my, you know, the dog's recovery time is better. Um, they react. I'm able to get them to focus back on me rather quickly. Um, it's about managing the behavior. It's about understanding why your dog is doing this and getting to the root cause of the problem. Um, versus what I used to do back in the day was really just getting that, I guess you could say that instant result, which was what we call surface level corrections. And the, the underlying issue would still be there. And slowly it would start to creep back. And then it would just be 10 times worse as the years went on. Um, you have to be doing what I've been doing for years to really see that change. Um, and it's not to say that it happens with all dogs, but uh, it's definitely a risk not worth taking, in my opinion, uh, which is why... I'm science-based, right? Which is one of the reasons why I, I converted, I guess you could say, to, to how I do things now and doing more research, applying, um, you know, just, just, you know, getting that, that knowledge from professionals and experts around the world. Um, it's been a great journey. It really has. And uh, I know that I feel absolutely great doing what I do. Um, but having said that, results can be a slow process. You're figuring out ways to manage the behavior, which obviously can take quite some time. Um, it's not just about 
what your dog does when they see another dog. Let's say we're talking about reactivity. It's also about figuring out why your dog does it. Um, and the reason why that's so important is because, I mean, you're, you have a relationship with this, with this animal. Um, at the end of the day, uh, they are domesticated. They're living with us. The whole excuse of, uh, oh, well, you know, it's an animal. It, it doesn't really cut it anymore. Um, just because of the fact of, of what we do with them and, you know, just them being in our house. If they're in your house, then to me, it's way more than just a domesticated pet. Um, you know, it's a, it's a family member. And so how I treat my family members is just really important to me. It might not be important to, you know, another person, but to, to me, that's what I'm looking at. So when you're coming to see me, you're bringing your family member to see me. It's like you're bringing your child to see me. And I'm going to do everything I can to teach your child in a respectful and calm manner when it comes to whatever the problems you're having. And I think that this is the same approach and analogy that I use with my own kids. And so when we are dealing with this and those results are slow, um, you know, and when I say slow, you know, that like the, even that, this is, of course, I'm referencing, you know, issues or, or, or typical scenarios where people want more, they, they wish they could see more with their dog, um, and I wish I could see more too with my kids when it comes to certain things, with their disabilities and so on. And so when you're dealing with a dog with anxiety, it is somewhat of a disability. And so you have to, you know, crack at this armor, you know, and, 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 and with that chisel and, and work on it in order to get through that. And the beautiful thing is, is that when you get through that, it is so rewarding. Um, and of course, yeah, I have, I have hundreds and hundreds of clients who have been able to, you know, break through that barrier, um, and, and come to the other side. Uh, and so it's, it's really a great feeling to have. Um, but of course, you know, this is something that, you know, as we know, it takes time. So being optimistic about what you're doing is so important. Um, and I don't mean like this obnoxiously positive scenario. Um, I, I always make sure my dogs, just like my children, know when I'm not thrilled about the response they gave me and when I'm happy about the response they gave me. You know, or I should even say maybe on a deeper level, what is acceptable and what is not acceptable, as opposed to their actions making me feel a certain way, which is not necessarily what we want either, right? Um, so when I'm working a dog, I try to remain in somewhat of a emotionless state, but at the same time, I'm humoring the dog when things are going well, and of course, I'm letting my dog know that, you know, this is a behavior I'm not happy about. Or again, that's not acceptable. Um, 
And so these mini wins, what do they look like? What does being optimistic really look like? Um, going out for a walk and people will say things like this to me. I'll give you a great example. Um, oh, you know, I went for a walk and we saw three dogs and it went really well. We were, you know, it went really awesome, but then we saw another one and it was terrible. And then the whole walk was terrible. It was a bad day. So that right there, to me, all I heard was nothing works. It's terrible. Um, and it doesn't matter that we had three good successful scenarios. Um, what sucks is that I couldn't control my dog when it was bad. And so you see, we focus on the bad. What I hear, what I see is that you had three dogs where things went really well. And that's what I focus on. I focus on those wins. I don't care about the loss. I don't mean to avoid it or to, to, to not learn from it, but failure is normal. You're going to have failure. I mean, I could tell you so many stories just in the sense of the dog training and the failures and the, the amount of times that I wanted to quit or that um, I, I felt like it, it was just, it was time. Um, and you know, even those things every once in a while, you know, creep up. Uh, obviously I'm being very vulnerable here, but, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I think it's good to, to talk about that, you know? So I, I, I have that in my head. It goes into my head, but it passes and it passes because I know what I'm doing is so much more valuable than that failure, but I'm learning from that failure. I'm learning and figuring out what I can do better. Um, and that is honestly how I look at everything. Uh, and it's, it's because of being a dog trainer that I'm able to do that. So without me doing what I was born to do, which is work and train dogs, then chances are that I probably wouldn't be as patient as I am. I wouldn't be as optimistic as I am. Uh, and I probably would give up any time I fail. And it takes a very... Uh, not that I'm extra special compared to anyone else, but I think it, when I, when I meet people, it takes someone very special to recognize that failure and to say, I still had an amazing day because you know what? I was able to do this. And that is huge for me as opposed to, oh, it was just a, it was terrible. It was bad. Um, and I find that I understand that sometimes I could be obnoxious, you know, we're feeling down or, but it is so important to recognize and learn from the failure that you're going through. And then you need to have this optimism and, and, and work on how can we, how, how can I, how can I look at what happened and use it the next time? So just even in that example, 
So, oh my gosh, it was amazing. I had the three dogs and then the fourth dog was really bad. Let's just pretend that argument's sake, they were all at the same distance. So maybe after my third dog, the cup is full. And so therefore I'm gonna be a little bit further or I'm gonna try my best to be further when I see that fourth and fifth dog. Maybe then I'm able to get some more wins and then I'm slowly kind of creeping back home. Um, you know, like it's, it's things like that that help you learn through those failing times. So I, I get the shrug every once in a while. You know, I'll be talking to someone and I'll be like, that's really good. And they're like, oh, stop. You know, you say that to everyone probably or, but, but I do, but that doesn't mean that it's fake, right? It doesn't mean it's fake. It means that I truly believe that those mini wins are so important. You have a toddler, a child, who, when they go into the anxiety state and react, they are completely disconnected and they are terribly fearful in that moment. So working towards, you know, those failures and saying like, okay, this was bad, <laughs> but you know what? The next is going to be good. And if you hear some dogs in the background, that's our daycare. Dogs coming in and leaving and so on. Um, but nonetheless, I think that it's just super important to remember um, that we need to focus on the positives. These are the, 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 your bread and butter when it comes to uh, winning. 